Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have noticed over the years, generally speaking, that a lot of creators try to give advice and it's bad. Do not listen to successful people all the time. (laughs) Just because somebody is successful does not mean they understand how they became a success. If you want to do crazy content and be yourself, you really need to be comfortable with having people dislike you, having people just really not enjoy the content you make. I like creating things. The question is, do I want to create things from a place of depression or from a place of joy and hopefulness? You should be honest with yourself. Is it a net negative or is it a net positive? You know, at the end of the day, you choose what you put out in the world. And is it helping things or is it harming things? Hey, welcome to The Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Mean Something. It is TCU's day, Tuesday night, 2 2 2 2 2 2, two. I don't know. There's a lot of twos today. Everybody's really excited about that. We're, uh, we're live on Discord with a whole lot of patrons, some lurkers. They got the announcement. They hopped in. We have no guests tonight. It's just us uh, and a little bit of ranting slash advice slash venting. I don't know. We'll kind of we'll kind of play ranting. it by ear. We'll, mostly just ranting, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. This is this is the episode where you lose your mind. There's going to be a, a crescendo of angst that starts in about sixty seconds. I think you're going to start off normal. This is my prediction. You're going to start off being like, yeah, there are a couple things I, I want to discuss. It's going to be a very friendly night. <laughs> and I, I give it 20, 25 minutes and you're going to be like that meme where the, the kid is bending over with the, the vein in his forehead about to explode. That's going to be you. <laughs> Do we know the, uh, I'm sure Wang has an entire video about that, but I would love to know the background story behind that, that meme. That vein is very frightening, especially for such a, a, like a young kid to have such a pulsating forehead vein seems strange yeah his name's michael mcgee and uh yeah he's been he's been tracked down um i I don't know what he's up to this minute but um he was identified and yeah yeah i I hope i hope he hasn't had any you know aneurysms or something i mean you're right it looks (laughs) a little little troubling did anyone ever ask Mr. McGee, what he was, what he was <laughs> <laughs> so tense. I'm sure about. somebody did. Yeah. 
But this is how I picture you. I, I don't even know the topic that that you want to that you want to rant about um, or that's turning you into the the veiny forehead kid. Uh, so I'm excited to hear this. Well, I have a couple of things. There's two kind of categories. There's two main main bucket okay. things. One is really just more of a a thing that I noticed that I wanted to bring up that I think is kind of an important discussion that we should have because I have never heard. We've certainly never had this discussion. I've never heard anybody else have this discussion, so I think it's probably time that somebody say these words in this particular order, uh, because it's Are they something. Gamer words? <laughs> no, not, no, okay. no. It has nothing to do with gaming. Uh, it has nothing okay, to do good. with Wordle. Um, it has to do with with creators and advice, and it's something that okay, I've. It's kind of the point of this podcast in a lot of ways is talking to creators, giving advice, that sort of thing. I have noticed over the years, generally speaking, that a lot of creators try to give advice and it's bad. I'm sure that you've <sighs> seen plenty of instances of this. I want to tell you just a really brief story yes. of what set this off for me, the catalyst for this <laughs> the other day. Uh, is actually not, not a YouTuber, somebody that has nothing to do with YouTube, just uh, an artist who I follow and whose work that I like had this post that was kind of like a celebratory post talking about how they love the fact that they get to do their art full time now, that it has become their job and they're, they're, they're very thankful for that. But the way that they told the story, I found to be a terrible <laughs> and wrong actual kind of like recounting of how this person became successful. So... Okay, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have some things to say on this as well. That uh, I go back to uh, Alternate History Hub too. We're gonna play off uh, the talk with him from last week. So yeah, yeah, this is good. I'm interested. Okay, so so the post was you know one of those like thanks everybody sort of posts. Like I'm really happy I get to do this full time. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Let you see all the time, which which are nice. Those are nice. That's good. Yeah, like like I love seeing that. Yeah, gratitude is it's nice to be um yes. to have gratitude and be thankful for the privilege quite honestly of being able to make a living off of your art. Very 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 few people ever would ha would be even in a position f to make that happen this person has. So, but here's the but. Here is the the caps lock B U T. <laughs> but it it was tinged with this kind of uh, like up yours sort of thing where okay. they were saying that they were they had gotten pressure from like family members or something to go back to school. And which is, you know, is very common. A lot of families want, you know, yeah. their kids or their brothers or their sisters to go to school if their if their career is not going the way or they have no career or, you know, whatever their job prospects we've, aren't we've great. We've had a lot of guests. Yeah. We've had a lot of guests who, who's like, yeah, my mom or my dad was, was kind of nudging me away from. <laughs> I didn't, didn't, didn't like William Osmond's like grandma write him yeah. a letter or something like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. we've had some yeah. very detail about that stories letter. about that. Yeah. That letter. Yeah. It yeah. was like <laughs> pretty intense. So yeah. So this is a real thing. So anyway, they were. They were essentially saying that they were a lazy person who, you know, instead of listening to everybody else and working really hard, they instead just did 
pretty much nothing and this crazy opportunity fell in their lap. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, 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 what? So uh, all they said was that they worked their nine to five, whatever it was, their day job. And then, you know, they did this art thing for fun. And eventually opportunity knocked. They got they got some exposure and they were eventually allowed to, you know, uh, capable of quitting their job, their day job and just doing the art full time. But it came but it was it was framed in a way that was like, I didn't try for this to occur. I just sat around and serendipitously now I'm this huge success. <laughs> and did did people reply in normal ways or did anybody just just, you know, kind of say like, hey, hey, this is weird. This is coming across oddly. No, nobody would say that. All the, you know, the replies are just like, you rock, you know. What kind of artist was this? I mean, I know you can't throw anybody under the bus here. If but I we say talking? it'll, it'll be like really obvious. So I don't want to say because it's a pretty, you really can't, you, it's a pretty unique You can't say thing. like, no, it's music or it's like, <laughs> nope, nope. It, it's so freaking you, specific. <laughs> it's so specific. You would know who it was. So I'll just say it's there an is, artist. There's truly no broad category that it, you can It's not here. a musician. They create art. Create art. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you'll get. They and I'm trying to think and of people purchase so, it. People will buy their art. So this has to be one of the the many uh, nude furry artists you follow on social media. You you got it. You, I can't believe you cracked the code. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. I'll tell you oh, like after the podcast me. what it is, and it's just so specific that it's like, oh, okay. Now I know who you're okay. talking about. So nobody said anything. No, but do you think they were thinking? Any of the things that, that, that you were thinking about this? Probably not. No, I think it's, it's an instance where, you know, we do this podcast. We've done hundreds of hours talking about trying to encourage people to make a career out of being an artist. So, you know, I'm, I'm reading the thing and, and I have a certain filter and lens that I'm observing this through. I'm, uh, I'm not observing it through the lens of normal person. I'm observing it through the lens of guy on the create unknown who has this podcast and thinks about these things. I think about how to help people and how to encourage people and how to give actionable, you know, real life advice, uh, whether it's uh, encouraging or to telling people to be patient or, or whatever it is, work harder, ignore this stuff, pay attention to that thing. I, that, so I, that's how I'm thinking down. of it. And I'm, I'm looking at let's it and I'm like, this is terrible message for people. Isn't it possible though, for somebody, if, if they're doing what they enjoy doing and they're just grinding away. And I think of, I think of stories like Brendan Caulfield talking about, uh, him sitting in, in the grandmother's basement, cranking out music and, and goofy stuff with Michael Cusack for five or six years. If that's just what you do. And then all of a sudden it starts paying people notice you can actually make a living doing it. Uh, didn't it just, doesn't it feel like it, it might've kind of just happened because all of a sudden it, it's paying off, but you were doing it anyway. Nothing was, was too unique about it. If you're really obsessed with the thing that you're doing, I can see it feeling really unremarkable <laughs> when it finally works. And that, I'm so glad you said that because that was actually going to be like the thesis of this rant, which is, Oh, really? Yeah. Do not listen to successful people all the time. <laughs> like just because somebody is successful does not mean they understand 
how they became a success. Please, for the love of God, like, do not assume that just because something worked out for someone that they understand why it worked out for them and are able to communicate it to other people who are not having it work out for them. It's just, it doesn't work that way. It reminds me almost of like, I don't know, I don't know if this analogy fits, but it's almost like, you know, Michael Jordan is considered the greatest basketball player of all time. Would he be a great coach? I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, maybe look at maybe uh, not what he did with ownership and management. I mean, he, he did. Sucked. uh, (laughs) Yeah. He he really wasn't that good. And that happens constantly uh, in sports, literally all sports. Uh, baseball, you know, guys will, will go into coaching and, and managing things like that. And sometimes you're very successful and sometimes they really are not. Uh, and we've mentioned, you know, Patriots in the past, uh, Bill Belichick was not a football player. You can look at him for about a 10th of a second and know that he was not, uh, a high end NFL prospect physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's probably the best coach of all time. No, there's this, there's a mix where people who don't do a thing can be great at analyzing the thing and executing it. Um, and people who are amazing at doing it are completely clueless about how anybody else could do it successfully. Yeah. They're completely clueless about how it worked out for them. Like they're just unaware. It's like you said, like in their mind, they think, wow, All I did was work on this really weird hobby eight hours a day for 14 years. And eventually somebody gave me an opportunity. It's like, really, that's all you did. That's kind of a remarkable thing. Like that is rare to just like whatever this guy was doing all day working at who knows, let's say, you know, he's working at Best Buy or something and then would go home every day after his shift and then grind away on this like weird art project and do that for ho- however long. And eventually someone comes along and notices, well, that's not nothing. That's not being lazy. What, why do you think? And, but that's how he was portraying it. It was just like, oh yeah, like, I don't know. All I did was just like, you know, eat Cheetos after work every day for 14 hours. And then somebody was like, hey, how about I, it's like, what? No. <laughs> This is the, the distilling this down is really what most people give out as, as advice though. Things like, things like, oh, whatever you do, just, just be yourself. Like it's like, it's that simple. You turn on a camera where you open up Google docs and start mashing the keys. Just be yourself and keep being yourself and it's going to work out. Guess what? You've been yourself all your life and it hasn't worked out, has it? Okay. <laughs> You're right here looking for advice. Uh, clearly there's more to it. (laughs) There's more to it than that, you know? Well, for most people, Uh, the thing is, is that there's this like insanely tiny minority of people who were just themselves, whatever that meant. mm -hmm. And it did work out, but don't listen to that. Look at, look at him. Yeah. He is a guy who like flips on a camera, does his thing. It's fantastic. Everybody likes it. Yeah, but don't listen to the 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 type of that type of like extremely rare person's <laughs> advice because their advice is going to be garbage. That that that's kind of what was the overarching thing that I thought of when I read this thing was like, yeah, I bet that this person does kind of compartmentalize it in their brain as I was just hanging out doing this insanely like unique and odd form of art that had like a wide open 
you know, market for that no one else was doing. I invented a category. Oops, accident. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's really hard to do. And you're treating it as though you were just gooning all day. <laughs> it's like, give me a break, man. Like have a little bit of self-awareness. And now, you know, it is possible. I did think of that, you know, there is this thing that successful people will do where they'll, you know, downplay their success for, for a variety of social reasons. They'll, you know, make themselves, it's like a sort, sort of like a twist on self-deprecating humor where you don't want to be a braggart. So th yeah. there could have been some of that at play as well. Um, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It was kind of like one of those watershed things where I was like, you know what? I really wish uh, that people were more kind of aware of the fact that some people are a success for reasons that they will never be able to explain to other people. So you shouldn't really take their advice. It's hard to do, though. It's hard to do, honestly. Um, uh, number one, most of the time it's boring and nobody wants to to say the most boring things, do they? When it's like, uh, I'm going to ask you for insight. I want your wisdom. Well, <laughs> you, you don't want to say, well, I just showed up and did the work. Mm -hmm. And then there's 14 seconds of awkward silence because there's nothing more to say. But it's like we were talking about in December, I think. That is a lot of it. Mm -hmm. The boring stuff is a tremendous amount of it most of the time. Um, just, <laughs> just doing the lame stuff. But when somebody asks you about that, it's really tempting to make things up unintentionally. It's tempting to read things the wrong way. And I, I thought we might go in this direction. That's why I started thinking about Alternate History Hub, because we danced around this a little bit about how hard it is to conceive of history. It's really not just difficult, but it, it's probably impossible to do it right. Mm -hmm. um, you can't uh, you can't ever really know what's happened or why, but it's extremely tempting to look back and put pieces together that that really were never meant to be together. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with asking somebody for advice about stuff. They look back at what they've done, at the trajectory they had, and they make a lot of connections that simply were not there. They don't mean to mislead. They don't mean to misinterpret. It just adds up in a different way than than reality was. And there are so many unknowns, like a shocking amount of unknowns. Mm -hmm. There's that thing from uh, Donald Rumsfeld, where uh, this is probably the least exciting person we've ever brought up on this podcast. <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld was, you know, government official or for many, will. many years. How do you tell ever, ever will. <laughs> but he was in several different administrations and he wrote this memo at one point. Yeah, Charles Kahn is already on it in the episode chat. He described the system of uh, known knowns, known unknowns, unknown knowns, unknown unknowns. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's bizarre, but at the same time, it is completely and totally accurate. There's stuff that you know, you know, things that you know, you don't know, stuff that you don't know, you know, and things that you don't know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know that you don't know something, how can you possibly, how can you possibly understand it, let alone modify it in such a way that anybody listening to this or following uh, an artist's Twitter feed, whatever it is, that they can take it and use it and benefit from it. It's an, it's it's impossible. And we can pull some we can pull some basic basic things out, a lot of different perspectives out that you can 
you know, play around with and figure out what works. We do that literally every single week and that is useful. Mm -hmm. But to say, here's the formula, here's the way to do it. Uh, uh, it doesn't work that way. And the people who, who really think they have (laughs) good advice. I mean, I, I can't put it any other way than like good, useful advice. They generally don't. And that's not their fault. They mean, well, it just is not possible to look back, especially on your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin, I would probably do a, a better job of analyzing your career than you would. And you would do a better job of analyzing mine than I would. Yeah, I guess overall, it just, it, the, I, I agree. There was nothing malicious about this and it was hard. It, it, this is me. Like I'm the, probably the only person in the world that would read that post and interpret it the way that I did and, and let alone be annoyed by it. But I mean, that's, I guess right. what makes me, me, but it re, it was like the opposite of our episode with Jose Arroyo, where he talked about just constantly grinding on joke writing every day for like a decade and, you know, submitting to Jay Leno and doing this and putting this out there and putting that out there. It was like the opposite story of that. Where he was like, ah, I just pretty much did nothing and this thing fell in my lap. It's like, no, no, that's not what happened. That's not at all what happened. Uh, you did a bunch of really unique, amazing things. You came up with a totally unique form of art, one that people were interested you were interested in, one that people were interested in paying you for. And before actually all that, you were sharing it with the world, letting people know about it you know, iterating on it, doing another one and 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 another one over and over and over and over again until eventually, you know, you you garnered a following and then somebody gave you an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like this is a long process and to just brush it off as "Ah, I pretty much just did nothing and whoops de do now I'm really successful. It's like, oh my gosh, really? No. No. It's not what it's not what happened. And please don't tell people that's what happened because no one should think that that will work out for them. It doesn't work that way. Nothing does. Put down your can of Hyper Hydro Monster and your Crimson Berry White Claw. It's time to rethink the beverages in your life. We drink a tremendous amount of tea, working on videos, recording the podcast. But we don't drink normie NPC tea. We drink cultured and refined anime tea from the Dragon's Treasure. They've got a gunpowder green tea called Space Cowboy. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know why Kevin likes it. I used to chew gunpowder green tea leaves when I played baseball in the 90s. I love the stuff. Dragonwell Z, Samurai Chai Plu, Black Teas, Herbals, The Dragon's Treasure describes itself as a haven for anime and tea lovers for a reason. They've even got a tea called Uwu. It's got apple bits and cocoa nibs. It's crazy. I bought the 60 tea sampler pack as soon as I could. I wanted to try everything. It's that good. And when you order from The Dragon's Treasure using the code CREATE, you'll get 10% off your order. That's 10% off using the code CREATE at thedragonstreasure.com. The link's in the description. Look, find me another place that sells Russian caravan tea with a name like, and then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. You can't. Thedragonstreasure.com, 10% off when you enter the code CREATE at checkout. The link's in the description below. Get brewing, Space Cowboys. I've been saying, you know this, Kevin, because I've been saying it a lot lately. I have this thesis that I'm slowly developing. Uh, that everybody is full of shit all the time. 
And I'm very <laughs> close to believing this sincerely. I'm about 97% of the way toward thinking it is truly the way of the world. I'm almost there. Um, at the same time, I, it's funny you mentioned Twitter on this stuff. Uh, I've curated my feed pretty well. I, I spend a little less time on there than I used to. But when I see things, they're good. And sometimes I see, I see advice or somebody explaining something and I find it really useful. Um, what, what do you do? How, how do you, how do you read two tweets next to each other and decide this one here is probably useful to me? I should take it seriously. And then you read one like yours, which is sincere. It's, it's meant, you know, to be good and, uh, you should ignore it. How do you, how do you know what to take seriously and what to pass on? You listen to me on this podcast <laughs> and I will be your Sherpa. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's definitely a good question. I think part of being able to separate the wheat from the chaff is the goal of the crate unknown. And if anybody's listened to, you know, at least a handful of episodes, I think they'll gain insight from different perspectives and the way that things have worked for people. But I, I just, I just think that in, in the simplest terms, you should not listen to anybody who says they were successful because they were, they didn't do it and they didn't do anything to deserve it. Yeah. And if you, if you think it's about ridiculous. all the people we've talked to, yeah, I, I mentioned before we started recording, I wanted to bring up Justin Wang because he just, he just hit a million subscribers and uh, Death Inc., who's a very good artist um, that most people uh, listen to the show know, um, he pointed out that, that Wang did not follow any rules. Like any any best practices that came out from <laughs> from the YouTube creator, whatever, or what any of the gurus say to do, Wang did the opposite of all of that. And he's made a good channel that is 100% unique. It continues to be interesting. Uh, he's he's built a, a crazy following who likes pretty much everything he does. Um, he really did not take anybody's advice at all. And, and that's worked out swimmingly. Uh, if, if we switch to the, the educational side, um, when you look at the people like, like a Michael Reeves, uh, Gabriel Brown, Black Griffin, um, none of these people really would have taken any advice that we would have laid out. If you, if you made a, a bullet list of like, from all my experience with, with Vsauce, here's what I would do to make an educational channel. It, it wouldn't be at all what those guys do. Uh, probably not at least, uh, there are just a lot of different ways to play this. And it's hard because, um, the worst thing you can do is, or the thing that annoys me the most rather is to, to just be like, well, it depends, you know, they, there, there are so many ways to do this and they're all equally valid. Uh, they are and they aren't, you know, there are a lot of ways to do it, but it really is dependent on, on the person, their temper temperament. Uh, their ability to take risks, for example, some people, if you want to do crazy content and be yourself, you really need to be comfortable with, with having people dislike you, Yeah, having people say, just really not enjoy the content you make. Mm -hmm. Well, that that's part of experimentation on that stuff. If you don't have a temperament to handle that sort of thing, you probably shouldn't do it that way. You should do something a lot more traditional. So anyway, we talk to people who have done it just a, a shockingly diverse <laughs> number of ways and they've worked. That's why we talked to them. Um, but it's a small percentage, isn't it? It's a small percentage of somebody else's success that would apply to your own. 
And I think that's the game is, is finding out what that 10% of what they do actually applies to you. Yeah. I, I just, I, you know, I suppose there are people when like nepotism comes into play who get, who get plenty of opportunities that <laughs> perhaps don't deserve them. That, that, that is a thing, but gosh, anybody who is self-made and they started from zero on whatever their creative endeavor is. I don't know. Just don't don't listen to them when they say that they did nothing to get there. That's it's just it's just ridiculous. You have to work. You have to put in the time and you have to be self-critical and improve and you know, those are just the basics. So that, that that's all. That's all I wanted to say about that. Um that's why it rubbed me the wrong way cuz it just feel like the mission of this podcast in particular is, to, is hopefully to give people like motivation as well as a, a greater understanding of being patient and putting in the work and all of that stuff. And just don't think that doing nothing will pay off. <laughs> like a, it's doing nothing will not pay off. How could it? How could it? How could it just doesn't? How could it turn it just, into it something? Doing nothing cannot yeah, it, turn into something by definition. It almost doesn't even matter much what you do as long as you're doing something. Um, do something, yeah. <laughs> you have to do have something. To do something. Uh, figure it out along the way. But that uh, that bit about uh, you know just sit around and it's going to happen. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure it's worked that way for a couple people. The equivalent of winning the lottery, you know, the right place at the right time kind of thing. I'm sure that happens. But uh, that's no. That's no strategy to bank on. It really is hoping you win a lottery. Yeah. Um, it's just not, <laughs> it's not a healthy way to play it. Like not only is it not going to work, but that's really bad mentally. It's not even like, a strategy. Kind of- it's like the opposite of a strategy. It's just throwing your hands up and just praying. To, you might as well just like look at tea leaves and throw like bones and, and, and read them for advice. Yeah. Some sort of, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Charles Kahn, I, I got to point this out for you, brings up in the episode chat uh, about the guy who wrote Confederacy of Dunces, how he sat around and, and Charles says it wasn't until he died and his mother published his book that it became something. Oh, is that a, is that, that is a whole is different story. Portrayal? No, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is that another podcast episode? Yeah. Can we not talk about Confederacy of Dunces? Confederacy of Dunces is my favorite book. Uh, that's why I brought it up because I saw a reference to it. I'm like, oh, that's uncommon. I I, I got to pull. I that mean, one he out. spent years working on that book. He did not do nothing. He uh, and then uh, he he didn't couldn't get it published, and he killed himself. Oh, that's I, a little bit more like, grim. Like this is not this is not a good example, Charles. Let's <laughs> not like <laughs> no. not at all a good example no. of what I'm talking about. Uh, it's. <laughs> It was essentially a miracle that it ever got published because his mom then brought it to like a, a professor that she, like a college professor that she somehow knew. And, and that college professor um, brought it to somebody that he knew to get it published and eventually to get. Pu- but yeah, no, no, that's a really weird story that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, he says we cause a little chaos. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. But but read a Confederacy of Dunces. That is my favorite book. It's absolutely genius it uh is the precursor to seinfeld and like larry david type humor in general if you like curb your enthusiasm in seinfeld (laughs) and you want to see that occur like 40 years (laughs) prior then read a confederacy of dunces okay i'm ready to move on to topic two okay go 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 okay topic two is uh a bit of a personal story 
you know, I don't usually oh, wow. get personal uh, online, I would say, in general, not just on this podcast, but just in general. I don't, it's not really interesting to me to share things about myself. About to open up. Uh, but I was thinking recently, you know, it might be a good idea just to put this out there because it could be helpful to other people. Okay. And if it's helpful to other people, then I will kind of break my own rule and talk a little bit about myself in doing so. So the... It's time to confess your sins. It is. It is. Pull up a pew. Um, <laughs> so before Vsauce, before YouTube, the thing that I was really, really passionate about creatively was writing and recording music. Mm -hmm. It was all I did. It's all I thought about. I basically just did that all the time aside from, you know, working, I'd, I'd work bartending and, have, you Going know, back a long way though. Right. I mean, like yeah. I remember that my, my impression of you again, like for people who don't know the deep, deep lore of the create unknown, Kevin and I have known each other for like almost 30 years at this point. Right. Pretty close. Yeah. We've known of each other, but we didn't really talk until a lot later, but in, in high school, like my impression of you was was that you were a music guy that, that you kind of went to school and like went home and played guitar. Yeah. No, I mean that, that impression is correct. That was, is what I loved to do. It's all pretty much that I, I did. So for a long time, uh, I would say from the time I was probably really like 15 until 27, 20 or so, uh, that was all I did was music. I love music. The, thing about it though is that the type of music that I liked was really dark and basically depressing music. Okay, what list off some of what that is so we can be completely clear on this. Yeah, it was mostly just like the the grunge heroin era of Nirvana and Alice in Chains, um all of those musicians in the early 90s and kind of really mid 90s, I guess, that also, we're just like destroying themselves, um, literally. Let's say, <laughs> yeah, a lot of them didn't make it out of that decade, did they? Pretty much nobody. Uh, and if they didn't make it out of the decade, they, you know, they're just, they they didn't make it to, um, you know, to the age of of retirement. No. So, I mean, we could go down the list. Kurt Cobain obviously famously killed himself. Lane Staley, the lead singer of Alice in Chains, he. Committed slow suicide in his own words. He had an entire song on on his uh, side project, Mad Season, called "Wake Up," which, if you ever want to hear a grim song, listen to "Wake Up" by Mad Season, which is just Lane Staley begging himself to stop doing heroin because he's killing himself with it. Uh, it's it was like having an intervention with yourself through music, is what that song is. Didn't work. Um, he died a gruesome, like horrible death. Um, even, you know, Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots died young of yeah. substance abuse and God knows what else. Chris Cornell from Soundgarden committed suicide. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's like everybody like Pearl Jam is the only band that made it out of that era. Essentially. That's, <laughs> that's pretty close to accurate. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. That was what I was really so, into. <laughs> it was all of that for over a decade. And... Eventually, the point of this story is that although it was something that I connected with very, very deeply and, and, and loved and 
was writing my own music kind of in that vein, I eventually realized it was unhealthy and that I had to walk away from it. And I had like a very, I mean, it sounds basic, but I essentially thought to myself at at one point, like, okay, I like creating things. I know that. The question is, do I want to create things essentially from a place of depression and sadness? Or do I want to create things from a place of joy and hopefulness? Uh, what can you do about that, though? I mean, do you get to choose what drives the art that you're making? I mean, that, that's the, the the gist of what what everybody always says is kind of it it chooses you. You know, you you are feeling something, and then out of that something comes a song or uh, you know any piece of art. I mean, how how do you choose, or do you just have to roll with with what's in your head? I guess the point. I mean, there's no way. Like, you didn't sit down at the beginning and just say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and write very grim, slow ballads. No, I definitely do not want to write anything poppy or happy or. <laughs> no, <laughs> you didn't make that conscious choice. No. So if if it just develops that way, how do you influence that? Well, that, that's the thing, and and that's why it was a it was a hard decision to make. Is that I did feel like this was. Uh, essentially a way for me to create art that was as connected as I feel to art. Like, and, and I haven't gotten back there since like, well, I'll be like perfectly clear about that. It wasn't like, Oh, I'll just do this and I'll get the same sort of meaning out of it. It, it. It's not like that. It essentially was like, I have to make a conscious decision to pull the plug on this thing because the road that it will take me down, I don't think will ultimately be a good one for me. When you say you pulled the plug, was that was that on music endeavors as a whole, or was it on that style, or or what? Well, it was. It I couldn't play anything else. I couldn't. I I couldn't play anything else. Like I, I so I stopped playing guitar. I stopped making music just completely. Okay. I didn't do anything because I I couldn't. I couldn't say, oh, I'm not going to like write these sad songs. I'll just write happy songs. It's like I couldn't write happy songs that wouldn't work for me. Like wouldn't come out. And and I and I let me tell you, I hated like quote unquote jamming with other musicians. That's that's a thing. Like if you're <laughs> if you're if, if somebody knows that you play an instrument, they're going to ask you to jam. Hey, man, let's jam. I play bass, uh, you know, whatever. I hated doing that. I did. That's not why I played the guitar. It wasn't why I played music. It wasn't. And this is a unique thing to me. I'm just talking about my experience. There are plenty of people who play it for a variety of reasons and they love jamming. And they, I knew a guy, I'll tell you right now, I knew a guy who wouldn't play his guitar alone. He would only jam with other people. I was pretty much the opposite. You know, I had a band, but I wanted to play my songs. So that decision was to stop playing music entirely because that was the only type of music I could play. And that was when I really started doing YouTube instead and writing comedy. It, actually, YouTube came later. It was when I really started doing comedy instead because I was like, I love comedy and comedy is sort of like the light, the light version of what I like to create. And music is like the dark version of what I like to create. And I'm afraid of building my life around the dark side of what I like to create. 
We want to help you make something and mean something. And we say that phrase all the time because when you're making something and you know it means something, even if it's just to you, that's when you feel pretty good about what you're creating. The support for the Create Unknown in recent weeks has been incredible. Animators, artists, musicians, YouTubers, aspiring filmmakers, comedians, it is crazy how talented everybody in this community is. Consider joining the Create Unknown Patreon. Every dollar that comes through goes straight into the podcast and its community. That means more highlights videos. It means a big Minecraft project that's on the way. And eventually we'd like to manufacture custom piss bottles so you never have to leave your battle station. And being a patron unlocks participation in all of our live recordings. You've seen the roster of guests we've had. Having access to their minds is a unique opportunity. You can go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown or click the link that's in the description. Every little bit helps and your support means absolutely everything to us. Patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. Links in the description. We appreciate you, Space Cowboys. Somebody in the chat, W, w Quiz brought up something about having a friend who's who's on the depressed side and they listen to a lot of depressing music uh and he says he's always wondered if that was part of the reason they felt that way is this a self-reinforcing thing do you think it was do you think it was uh a cycle for you that that you were in that headspace and then the music kept you in that headspace yeah absolutely so i don't listen to depressing music i don't listen to depressing music either i stopped doing that too um, because it absolutely is an indulgence. It's indulging in that sadness. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just how I felt. I'm not saying that like, if you're a sad person, you shouldn't listen to sad music because it definitely helped me for a long time. It definitely did. It was, a it was a way for, you know, me to, I don't know, just kind of like feel connected to something. And when you are in that state you don't feel connected to anything so at least being connected to some form of music even if it is in some ways kind of like reinforcing that sadness it is an amazing thing but after a while i just felt like the healthiest thing for me to do um in my life and you know potentially as a career was to look elsewhere and Believe me, like a lot of this had to do with a lot of the musicians who I loved literally killing themselves. That, 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 this was part of the equation. You know, like Elliot Smith stabbed himself in the heart with a knife. That's insane. That's, That's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. And if you ever listen to Elliot Smith music, you're like, well, oh, okay. It is up. <laughs> shockingly sad. Yeah. It is shockingly think, sad. Yeah. I think that a lot of people don't realize that they do this in a much lighter, more normal way. Um, people who are obsessed with the news, for example, are basically doing exactly what what you're warning people to oh. to be cognizant of, where the news is almost by definition bad stuff. Um, you know, a, a significant percentage of it is, is bad and it's serious, which is why uh, news networks think you should know about it. But if you wrap yourself yourself up in that, it's really easy to develop a worldview that uh, that places certain places are really unsafe, or that uh, you know the the rate that people are attacked uh, is is higher than ever. Well, it's not actually true, but but it's perfectly reasonable to think that when you're immersed in in bad news, depressing stuff, uh, heavy stuff. Um, I 
you know, I, I didn't, I don't have uh, a music uh, story like that, but, but I, I used to read serious stuff exclusively. Really? You know, I, I like history things. And again, most of history is very bad. We talked about this with alternate history hub that it's only <laughs> very, very recently <laughs> that life isn't awful every minute of the day. Right. So when, when you're reading about anything substantially in the past, it is, <laughs> it is a detailed account of horrible suffering. Well, that's cool if you're interested in it, but you've got to realize that you're consuming heavy stuff all the time. Well, I started reading goofy books, um, like young adult novels. Uh, I, I got really into uh, a, a series called Warriors about about cats, tribes of cats in the woods that have their own squabbles and stuff like that. Um, I I just really loved Ranger's Apprentice was another series that I enjoyed quite a lot. You know, kind of a uh, I don't know I don't know what genre of sword and sorcery ish kind of thing. But the point is that it was really light stuff. Um, I I didn't have to <laughs> I didn't carry any weight from reading about that as opposed to like reading about the systematic starvation of of the Ukraine and the <laughs> 1930s. Uh, there's a different mood there, and it's um, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in, in how you feel and just how you think, uh, what you watch, what you listen to. If you're making stuff like you're talking, you were talking about making music, not just listening to it, but making it, um, it adds up to, to how you feel when you go about your days. And if you're watching YouTube, watch some, watch some light stuff, some goofy stuff, you know, don't just immerse yourself in like drama and commentary has a problem with this. Uh, and, and same with, with the people in these communities. Again, by definition, the drama community is constantly dramatic. Mm -hmm. That is the way it works. Everybody in it is talking about something crazy that's going on. And if, if there's nothing to talk about, then everybody's looking for it. That is, that is high stress. Like that's, that's, it's really no way to go through every single day of your life. Um, you've got to balance that out. You know, the, the meme for however many months was, was touch grass. Well, mm -hmm. the, <laughs> You yeah. know, that, that that oversimplifies it, but the point is there. Where just just go do something that isn't this, because this is is really twisting your mind. Um, you know, for me, that was young adult stuff like like warriors. Um, you know, cats fighting is cool. Cats developing from being a household cat and going into the woods and then becoming this this you know great cat warrior. That's cool. Um, and I was even reading those, Kevin, when we started working on stuff together. So it's like. You know, you can only do like math and science all day for so long before you need to switch to like cats, prowling cat warriors, woods, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's important though. And in not only, uh, the content you make and consume and all that, but the people around you, that's the point that I wanted to make is that it's super easy. Did you have that back in the day, by the way, were the people around you also reinforcing that sort of thing? Not really no i mean i think i was really the only one who was kind of like eyeball deep and just creating music i didn't really have like a peer group or anything with that i was leading the charge on that because it was so important to me but like i said eventually i was like i i don't feel like my best path forward is like quadrupling down on this darkness which is really what it would take to turn that into a career and it's something that 
I've seen over and over and over again with musicians who make that type of music, it doesn't end well. I don't know. Is there anything specific, like what's the first step to turning darkness around? Because you're talking about it in, in this music sense, but I really do think that it's extremely broad and affects a whole lot of people. Um, I don't know a lot of people who have positive, happy views in general. And I think that, um, that they really immerse themselves in what, what you've called darkness. Uh, what's, what's step one? Well, here, here's, here's step one that I think that is important probably to realize. And that is that it's possible that like the thing that you think is defining you is bad for you. Like the thing that you, that you wake up every day and, and you identify strongly with might be killing you. That's possible that that's the case. It's a tough pill to swallow. It is. It is. Like what I'm talking about is not, this wasn't a light decision that I made. It wasn't like, oh, I, you know, I'll just, um, you know, stop listening to this music and, and just listen to this band instead. It was like, all right, no, I'm more or less going to stop being this person <laughs> and start being a, a person who's just more focused on positive and hopeful and joyful things. And I mean, look at that's what Vsauce 2 pretty much became was like, check out this amazing science. Look at this great artist. You know, that's what it was. Like, look at these amazing people and what they did. That where do you think that's where that came from? That's where that oh, came that's from. That's a good point. Is it's like that was conscious, a conscious effort on my part, stepping away from that darkness that I had and just pulling a 180 and being like, let's not do that. Let's do the opposite of that. Let's inspire and promote and get excited. That's where Vsauce 2 came from. It's such a healthier attitude. Being interested in what other people do and excited about what they do rather than just being concerned about you and your life. I mean, there's an entire... There's an entire internet of cool stuff and happy people and entertaining people. And we talk to a lot of them. Uh, I don't think we've really had any depressing moments on this podcast, have we? No. I'm trying to think of the most depressing thing. I, I mean, I think we've we've probably had a sad story or two, but <laughs> but nothing that that really was grim. Um, and it's it's not hard to do. It's not like we we purposely avoided that. That's just the way it worked out because we. We ask people about, about not necessarily positive things, but meaningful things. Yeah. Um, a lot of positive ones too. And that's what comes out. And I think that's really the embodiment of, of what you're saying is that you can, you really can just take a little bit of a different approach. And then all of a sudden, so much of the heavy stuff that it feels like you drown in, it's just not there to the same degree. There's not nearly as much of it over time that that really adds up. Yeah. And isn't there some cheesy book about like the power of positive thinking or something like that. That's a lot of them. Yeah. Like that's not even really what I'm, I'm talking about. I, I mean, I think that that yeah. there's probably some validity to that, but um, I, I'm talking from the perspective of a creative person, hopefully talking to someone listening who's interested in being creative and is, you know, much younger and maybe it will take them longer to perhaps figure out what took me until, you know, my late twenties to figure out. Um, and that is that this, this choice is possible. Like it's possible to make 
a conscious decision to walk away from something like that. And, and forever since then, forever since then, people come up to me and ask me about, oh, you know, you're still playing guitar? Are you still doing music? How come you stop playing guitar? Blah, blah, you know, all the time when I run into people, that's what they say because that's how, how they knew me. They don't even understand the YouTube thing. Nobody gets that. Nobody asked me about yeah, that. that. No, they don't get it. They know Kevin plays music. That's what I remember too. Uh, and I, I remember going to, when you put out uh, a CD and God, I, I don't know what the year must have been. It must've been like 2006, seven. Does that sound right? Yeah. Around there. So 15 years is probably a good, a good estimate. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you can't say this about your, about yourself, so I'm going to say it. Uh, but you're pretty good at this. I mean, it's, you were good. There are a lot of people who are like, yeah, I play guitar, I make music, whatever. And, and they're not, they're not serious about it. You know, it's not, it's not really going uh, beyond beyond hobby, but you were pretty good, and I hope you realize that. But that's how that's how we knew you is you know you you did some bartending, but you really played music, and that's that's what you were about, and and you were quite good at it. Um, I can see why years later, you know, at that point, everybody would just assume that's that's who you are, that's what you do. Right. And that would just be like that. This is the Kevin that I will have in my brain the rest of my life. <laughs> that's kind of like right. how that works. Right. As you you that's how you understand someone. You say, oh, this is, you know, this person. That's how I'll, I'll understand them and categorize them. So when I see them, that's what I'll bring up and ask them how it's going and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that still continues to me uh, for me to this day when I run into people who knew me then. And they don't understand any of the stuff that I've done since then, which has been a billion times more successful, but it, it doesn't register. It does not register, but yeah. it's weird to, I can't explain what I've been trying to explain on this podcast to them. So instead it's just like, yeah, no, I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> I have, I have, I have a big overall question about this because that, that tortured artist meme, I mean, everybody really thinks that, that most of art is about channeling depression in one way or another how do you convince people <laughs> that it doesn't have to be that way and it, it can be super unhealthy to commit to that yeah i mean i suppose it depends on what you mean by channeling because i would still say you could just change the direction of the channel that that's how i mm -hmm. that's how i contextualize this switch okay. for me was you know like pulling the lever to change the railroad tracks to go right instead of left yeah um but i i so I just wanted to say, like, I think that that is possible. Like, And again, like just because you connect more deeply with a style does not necessarily mean that it's the healthiest place for you to, to live because you will get wrapped up in that. Um, and I don't know, like maybe like it's like somebody like Trent Reznor, I have a lot of respect for because I don't know how he was able to pull out of it. You know, he, he seems like a pretty well-balanced guy. Uh, he wasn't. I mean, he he was a freaking disaster. Uh, certainly in the '90s, certain like like the Fragile album, and he was a mess. He was really, really, really bad. He was as bad as anyone. And I know that he. One of the things I don't know too much about him, but one of the things that I noticed that he started doing was like movie soundtracks. He got into doing like video game soundtracks and then like movie scores and stuff like that. And I do wonder at some point if that was his way a little bit of kind of pivoting, changing the channel a little bit, still being able to do what he's great at, but 
you know, when you're scoring a film and it's somebody else's thing, it's really different than writing a song about how, you know, you have a head like a hole. <laughs> Those are t- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's, I think it's so, so helpful to do stuff with other people to get perspective on this. Mm-hmm. Like it almost hedges, hedges your bets on sanity. The, like, occasionally somebody else can drive you further and faster down the hole you're in. That absolutely happens. And, uh, the, <laughs> there's the, the toxic Sid and Nancy style relationships that mm-hmm. they happen, but, but generally when things aren't good for you, they're better for somebody you're with and that can pull you up. And occasionally when there is bad for somebody else, well, they, they cancel each other out, you know, having, having a little company when both people's lives suck, that can be awesome. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, in a way we, we started talking in that vein. It's not like we were in a bad spot, but we were grinding and getting nowhere. It's not like things were, were awesome for either of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that, you know, that was good to talk to somebody who was, who was flailing in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do think it gives you perspective on, on really your mindset and how you're approaching things and that people can pull you out of it. And sometimes pulling somebody else out is really helpful for you. It makes you realize that sometimes you're in that position. Sometimes you're, uh, you know, you're in that headspace and it can be extremely tough. I mean, what you talked about is something that very few people pull off where you yourself consciously realized that you were going down a path that wasn't healthy for you. Yeah. As far as I know, nobody, nobody told you like, Hey, you seem, you know, like everything is kind of depressing. Like, no, you didn't have an intervention. Uh, you didn't have some crazy life event happen that made it all very clear. Like, no, you figured it out on your own. And that is really tough to do. It's a lot easier to do when, when you're around other people, whether it makes it easier for you to realize it or you just trust these people and they, they can tell you things. They can say, you know, like, hey, we got, <laughs> we got to talk here. Well, that, that was, you know, ultimately why I wanted to mention it and just get that out there as part of this podcast is like, maybe there's one person listening to this who it resonates with. And that would, that would be fantastic. Like that would be really helpful. If it's really helpful to them, then it's worth me talking a little bit about a personal thing that I don't, I just don't, it's not like my thing. I don't really get into talking about super personal stuff, but this is one, this is like one thing that I thought, you know, this really could be helpful. It is an option and it worked out really well for me. It worked out really well to walk away from something that I never thought I would walk away from. I just thought that would be who I am forever and ultimately realized like, I don't, I just don't think that this, like the further I get entrenched in this, the worse it'll end up being for me. which is a weird thing. You would think like (laughs) the success of it would make it better. And in a lot of ways, I thought to myself, I think the more successful this gets, the more, like the deeper the hole will get. And I think that that's what happened to all those artists, all the grunge artists. It seems like, it seems like there's almost a quick way to figure out if, if something is negative for you. If you, if you ask yourself, what, what makes me happy? Like that's, a really basic question, but it's actually extremely difficult to answer. And I, I think of this because somebody asked me this, this is years ago. And I, 
I stood there like, uh, I've never actually thought about this. I don't know. And it's a pretty bad thing that I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I just didn't, I had no idea. Um, but if you come up with a couple things that actually make you happy, then you can put everything else in the context of that. So it's like, is this thing that I'm doing going to result in the thing that makes me happy? Mm-hmm. Or does it make, is it make it harder to do that? Well, you just have, you have like a little machine to run everything else through. Is this thing going to line up with what makes me happy? Well, sometimes like, yeah, no, that's a really good fit. Other times it's really obvious that it wouldn't be. Uh, I, I don't know what makes you happy. Let's say it's, you know, watching, watching the 49ers. Well, you know, is, is going neck deep in, you know, uh, uh, extremely depressing music in service of you enjoying fandom of, of NFL football. Like, no, that's not a direct link at all. So at best it's not helping, you know, you just all of a sudden have context to put every idea through. And I think as lame as it sounds and as simple as it sounds, it's really beneficial to, to just take like 30 seconds and think, what do I actually enjoy? What makes me happy? And then start to put everything else that you do in the context of that thing. Yeah, and that is really interesting. I hadn't thought of, of that before. But the, the thing that I had thought about that I wanted to, to say is I also thought about it in terms of other people, in terms of, okay, is this stuff that I'm creating making other people happy? Or is it also allowing them to kind of be mired and and soak in their own depression and failings and (laughs) sadness and negativity. And is that something that I want to put my energy towards? And eventually the answer was no. It was like, I can, I can just make things that instead would make people happy and inspired and enthusiastic and get out of bed in the morning rather than go back to bed. That and when I when I put it in those terms, it it also kind of made the choice a little clearer for myself to say like the, this is not I'm putting so much energy into this thing that I know that it is helpful on some level um, to make people feel like kind of connected, but on another level, I ultimately felt like this is a net negative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really worth thinking about this stuff. Um, uh, we, you and I were talking, Kevin, about, um, <laughs> about the advice that other people give on burnout and things like that. And mm-hmm. I, I was in a call a week ago where people were spouting off, uh, advice and, and reinforcing things that I thought were really negative behaviors. It was terrible, terrible advice. Um, I think a lot of the stress and a lot of the burnout and depression can come from, from the things that, that you're talking about here. Where if you analyze, really analyze yourself, um, you know, and, and, and what you do that puts you in certain headspaces and what's healthy for you and what's not, and being really honest about how different things make you feel, uh, and then avoiding them. Or we've talked about outsourcing stressful things if you're, you're capable of doing that. You know, just doing some kind of intervention uh, so that you avoid the thing that keeps you in bed. Mm-hmm. So worst thing is to... Is to wake wake up and then have this yellow piss cloud hanging over you mm-hmm. of all the things <laughs> that you don't want to do now that you're awake. Well, avoid them, get rid of them, 
deal with them in a different way. Do something else. Maybe you stop. Maybe it's what you're saying. I mean, you really kind of quit a thing for the best possible reasons. Yeah. That was, that was the right move. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Like I said, it worked out really, really well. And, and I quit a thing that everybody knew me for that I loved doing that I connected deeply with, but you know, at the end of the day, it was going to be like, uh, I don't, I don't know. It just didn't seem like something that was making the myself better or the world any better. Um, as opposed to what the last 10 years, you know, doing Vsauce stuff has been like, which has been the total opposite has been a lot of great opportunities that, that, that I've been offered a lot of feedback from people that has been just impossibly positive in so many different respects. It's like this podcast. Yeah. The analytics, uh, yeah, I was looking at them the other day to, I, I forget what it was. Um, Oh, it was to publish the last episode. I just, I saw the thing in the last month. Uh, it was something like 250,000 hours. I remember sending you a message about this. Oh, that, yeah. That people have listened to the podcast for a quarter million hours in the last month. Well, that's like 28 years, 29 years. I don't know exactly. I'm, I'm estimating here. Um, in, in one month, humanity has spent nearly 30 years of enjoying a thing that we made. And you know, we could, we could wrap things up today and, and I would be happy with that stat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that, that's a good feeling. And it, uh, it's a, it's a healthy headspace that got us to a point where we were having enjoyable conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just wanted to share that because I thought that perhaps there might be somebody who it would help just to let them know, like, look, this is an option this is an option. This worked for me. I made a major, major switch in my life, a major change in the type of thing I was focusing on full time. And it worked out really well for me. Um, I don't regret any of it. Do I miss, do I miss playing music? Yeah, of course. Like there's a, a part of me that misses it, but I don't regret it for a second because I know, like, I don't even know where I would be right now. If I stayed doing that, I don't think it would have been really a good thing for me. So you would have aged, you would have aged three years for everyone that you lived. Yeah. Playing bars and just the drinking and God knows what else. Like that whole lifestyle. You'd have a liver that. <laughs> just so unhealthy. <laughs> you have a liver that looked like a prune covered in lard. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'd have the gait of a, of a 71 year old. Oh, Although I have that and I, that's true. I <laughs> didn't even drink. You didn't. How did you, yeah. My God, who am I to make fun of, uh, hobbling and limping? I know. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'm glad that you went into detail on that because it's just, it's not what people say. Nobody Nobody tells that kind of story. They don't talk about that reality. It's all stuff like the tweet you let off with where it's like, yeah, I was just doing my thing. And all of a sudden, bang, amazing. Well, no, not at all. Not only does that not really work, but the reality is that people go through a process a lot like the one that, that you described with music, where sometimes you're on a path you, you need to reverse or get off of or alter severely, just something like that. That's, that's the reality. Yeah. 
it's yeah, it's, it's like you said earlier, just being honest with yourself. Cause, cause where I was at when I stopped doing it was, you know, a place where it just would have continued to gain momentum from. Um, but I was like, mm, uh, I need to stop this momentum, do something else. And it doesn't have to be with music, you know, no matter what it is you're doing, it doesn't even have to necessarily be something creative, but there could be something in your life that it's possible you should be honest with yourself about whether like how is it is it a net negative or is a net positive you know it's like that that is an assessment that all of us living human beings should be like (laughs) taking stock of every single day and all the time you know um, there's still plenty of things that i can improve on and that everybody can improve on but um but when it comes to creativity and, and choosing a, a career or choosing just a type of art that you're working on, this is an option. It's an option that worked out for me, and I'm really proud of the results. Um, and, and I could see it even with, like you said, like commentary community stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, like you choose what you put out in the world. And is it yeah. helping things or is it harming things? That's... Even on the educational side, you know how easy it is to get completely mired in in depressing stuff like uh, like climate change ending the world in the next month. Oh right, yeah. Uh, you know, all the bees are dying, all the trees are dying. Right. Uh, it's so easy to focus on terrible things, apocalyptic things. You can be in the educational space and just perpetually be <laughs> neck deep in horror if you want to. Mm-hmm. And we know people like that. Yeah. You know, we not going to call them out, but we could generate a long list in, in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a tough way to live. <laughs> that's a really tough way to live. Uh, I think so. I think that it is. And I don't know to, to you know, to the extent that that's helping needs to be balanced with how much it's hurting. That's all yeah. I'm saying. It's a calculation and everybody's got to do it for themselves, but it's worth trying to do the math on that, I think. So yeah, uh, that's my story. Uh, I know we have a bunch of questions that we need to get to. We do. I'm going to start light uh, from Andy. And by the way, Andy got uh, uh, first of, of what I believe is going to be a series of degrees first of related three. to- First of three. Three, that's right. Yeah, related to uh, aircraft. He is the resident flight captain slash pilot That's right. of uh, Great Unknown Community. Um, yeah, and we, <laughs> I, I love seeing the uh, the plane stuff and the, the, the gear talk and like something as simple as a headset, headphones. Believe it or not, the headphones that you need as a pilot are a fair bit more uh, sophisticated <laughs> and expensive than what you need for Twitch. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't have cat ears. Yeah. They don't have glowing, they don't have glowing cat ears. <laughs> There's got to be a pilot that flies with cat ears. Uh, <laughs> Andy's question is, is about bartending because you did that for a while in a couple different places. Do you recommend it uh, for a job or does it suck? I love bartending. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I would love that. That's like, if I, if I retire, you know, the first thing that I want to do is, is write my book or, or books. I don't know. We'll see. And after that, be a series. if after that, I'm still like, oh, I have a lot of years left in this life and I need something to do. I would, I would love to open up a small bar and just run it and, you know, bartend a couple of nights a week. I love it because 
And I've said this before, but there's a huge difference you need to realize between being a server and being a bartender. If you're a server, you are not in charge. The customer is in charge and you are at their beck and call. You have no power as a server. The opposite is true as a bartender. If you're a bartender, you are in charge. It's your bar. You will serve, you know, who who you want to serve in what order and whatever. Cut people off, throw them out, whatever. Like (laughs) you have, (laughs) you're the captain of the ship, you know. So it's, and, and the other thing is the social element is unlike anything else that I can think of, at least anything in my life. I've had a lot of jobs and the social element to a bartender is just utterly unique because you get your regulars who you get to know and they come in all the time and you know what they drink and you can have it ready for them as soon as they sit down. Then you have a constant influx of new people who you've never met and you'll never see again. And you get to, you know, talk to them a little bit. Um, It's just a weird, it's a weird job, but there are a lot of elements to it that I think are really unique and interesting and, and, and fun. And I would love to do it again. Yeah. Getterman has a follow-up on this. It's about the, it taps that social side, but how do you, how do you get into it? How did you get into it? I don't actually, I don't actually know how you started. There was controversy going to a local bar. I had naysayers. (laughs) I had, there was a contingency of people who were against me. This is true. So, you know, the restaurant that I bartended at, I worked at for a really long time. I, I did, uh, um, uh, dishwashing there. I did, um, busboying there. And then I wanted to, I never, I never was a server there, but I wanted to become a bartender. And there were the head, the head server was a no, was like a hard no. And she had a lot of sway in this restaurant. She basically ran the floor and she was a hard no. She didn't think I could do it Uh, because of, you know, Garman's talking about social skills because of that. Like I'm a, a pretty hard introvert. Um, I do. Yeah, you don't project like extroversion. You wouldn't look like some. You no. look at some people and you're like, oh, they would be a highly energetic, highly social bartender, and that's that's not the vibe that that you projected at that time. No, no, it's not the vibe that I project now either. It's not my vibe. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that person. Uh, I'm not an extrovert, and I don't like light up a room, but. I had somebody who was on my side, somebody who was in the kitchen who fought for me. And then a, a, another one of the servers who fought for me and was like, just give him a shot. So I bar backed for a little while. Now a bar back is essentially a, a busboy for a bar. You assist, it's the assistant bartender. So you don't really make drinks per se. You don't really run the register. You don't take money. You just kind of clean up, you clean the bar, you wash the dishes, you restock it, you ran out of, you know, vodka, you go get more, you change kegs, you do that, you do the grunt work of the bar. So I did that for a little while and then eventually got some shifts and, uh, and, and worked my way in. But, but that's, that's the, that's how you would start. So yes, I would say it would absolutely improve your social skills. Working in the service industry, like especially restaurants in general will improve your, will, will improve your social skills. Um, and to get into being a bartender, see if a place needs a bar back, start there. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's good advice. You get in the mix and then, then figure it out, move up or move out. They're both valid. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think how, how we want to mix this up. Uh, I want to hit Conrad's question about 
it's back to what you were talking about with with you and music. How do you help somebody see that sort of thing in them? And what do you do if they know, but they aren't willing to accept it or do anything about it? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was I was hoping to try to be as overt as possible <laughs> in my story about myself and, and explaining that it was just about me. I, I don't claim claim <laughs> to say that this, you know, is how everybody should live their lives or it will work the same way for everybody. You know, not, I don't know if everybody is as deep into it as I was. I was fully immersed in it and that's why it required me to be fully unimmersed in it in order to move on. Like I couldn't do the thing halfway. It was either all the way or none of the way. And I decided to go none of the way. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I'd have to know like more about their situation, exactly like what sort of problems it's causing for them. Sure. If it's causing problems for them, I don't want to punt on the question, but it, it requires probably a little more of a nuanced and personal approach to, you know, what. and sometimes it might, it might just take them a while to realize that it's dragging them down. But, you know, the best I can do is to say that that is a thing. It, it could be a thing that's dragging you down. Uh, and there's plenty of research talking about how music affects your brain and certain oh, yeah, types of music affecting your brain and affecting, you know, your mood. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it's obvious. It's self-evident. You know, you listen to certain type of dance music. It's called dance music because it makes you want to dance. You listen to <laughs> certain type of sad music because it evokes sadness within you. So like naturally, if you're listening to nothing but that, it's that's a hole that you probably should climb out of at some point when you're ready. But maybe they're not ready yet. And that that's okay. But at some point, hopefully it's not something that you need to be in all the time. Well, next one is from Dan the Latch, who we, we've got a shout out, by the way. Uh we couldn't we couldn't say anything about this in in past weeks because it, it wasn't happening yet. So Dan got selected to uh compete for a job is, I don't know the official title of this, but it was basically like Lego master building things out of Lego and doing it, doing it live. Uh, let's see, popped it in the chat. Master model builder was the official title of this. And he had to go to a, a competition, a building competition that was all day included like actual interviews too, job interview, big selection process. Um, it, uh, it, it ultimately did not work out on this uh, round probably due to, to him, uh, wanting to finish his education as opposed to being a Lego bricklayer immediately, like starting on Monday. Uh, but it's the kind of thing that we just, we love when people talk about that kind of thing. It's like, like he woke up one day and had a job interview across the country to, to build Lego, which is like probably the dream he's had since he was four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how amazing, it's amazing. is that? It's, it's yeah, and it's it's just exactly the kind of thing that that we talk about. We want people to take chances on. He didn't have to do that either. You know, this last minute thing to fly two thousand miles and and play Lego for a day as you're being poked and prodded and judged. Not everybody's up for that. Yeah. Um. It was it was awesome that he did it and that it went really well. I think he's made a lot of connections. Uh. That are going to serve him well in coming years, especially as he combines it with some of his other talents, but, uh, yeah, what an amazing thing. And when, when he dropped that, he's like, yeah, you know, just, you know, we, we can't say anything about it until the, the competition is over. Uh, but 
Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Well, his question is, why don't we take the next week off? Because we deserve a break. First of all, I dispute that. Dan, you may be good with Lego, but but I don't think we deserve a break. I think <laughs> your analysis is flawed. Um, next week is not off. Uh, Letterment is on to explain the... <laughs> the the Discord meltdown we had and uh, him converting religions to save the Create Unknown server. Uh, and after that, it is James Rolfe. James Rolfe. The angry yeah, video game the, nerd after a year and a half of poking <laughs> poking that man. He <laughs> finally got him uh, on a date. So, yeah, March 8th, I think it is off the top of my head. James Rolfe will be here. So we are booked out for a while. And, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't want to take weeks off. We don't want to do that. We like this too much. Um, this is valid. So German asks, why do we want to ruin people's dreams? That's a, this, like, I know it was kind of tongue in cheek, but that's a valid thing. We just had some difficult slash depressing stuff. And many of the things we say and that I have ranted about, like advice on burnout and, and stuff like that, like I, I prefer harsh realities a lot of the time that do damper people's dreams. Um, with all the things that, that you just discussed, how can you, how can you spin that as, as a positive thing for somebody who, who needs, needs that, that positive energy out of it? Well, because it worked out remarkably positive for me, you know, like I said, I, I don't know where the, the music thing would have went, but I know where the positive side of my creative abilities went. And I'm really happy with, with how that turned out. So I think that, look, there's just, there, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's a pretty large market for positive content creation on, on the internet. Like it's kind of <laughs> wide open, folks. I yeah. think that you can find a decent niche uh, not being such a downer and, create, and, and, and creating destructive stuff. So... I think that's part of what attracted to people to Vsauce in the beginning anyway, uh, was yeah, at first yeah. that it was just such a positive outlet. It wasn't mean or malicious or making fun of people or tearing people down or like laughing at people. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was just the total opposite. It was building things up and building people up and supporting people. And there's just not a lot of that. I mean, you look around and it's, mostly people complaining or upset or outraged or ripping on this person or that person is, you know, th this sort of bad person. And that's 99% of what people spend their energy on. Outside of, outside of political content and the social media accounts that uh, focus exclusively on politics, I cannot recall anybody who has complained their way into success. I really like or complain their way into happiness. I don't think it happens. I, don't, I, don't I think, think the second part possible. is way more important, actually. And that, that was sort of the complaining your way into happiness. Yeah. Like that's that's sort of what I didn't get to in the story earlier was like, even if the music thing was successful in terms of money or fame or opportunities, it's still a dark path where I don't think it would work out really well at the end of it. And, and, and that's, that's sort of what I was seeing with all of the heroes that I had as a kid, where they reached the top, they reached the, the mountain and they looked out and they saw nothing. There was nothing out on top. 
they looked around and it was like a void. It was like, well, I, I just climbed this mountain and there's nothing out there and there's no place else for me to go because I'm at the top. This is not good. This is a, not a good place to be, to be at the top of like doom mountain and all around you is just purgatory. Like that is not success. Grim. It is bad. <laughs> and I think that's what happened to Kurt Cobain. That's what happened to Lane Staley. That's yeah. what happened to all of these guys was they climbed the mountain and they looked out and they saw nothing. They're like there's nothing up here. And <sighs> where do you go from there? Well, it's not a good place. I can tell you where we go. We go to, uh, we go to classical music. Because W Quiz asks about your sh your thoughts on Chopin, if you have any. I don't. I don't really have any thoughts on. Were Chopin. you ever into classical music N at all? No, unfortunately. I think not at all. Um, there were some like um gu guitar guys who would play classical stuff, like Paganini and yeah, like sh like the shredding guys would play a lot of classical stuff because it was so hard to play on guitar. And I was into that for a little while, but um, like I like Bach, um. But the weird thing is, and maybe there's somebody who's like a classical music guru who could help me here, but every time I've tried to listen to classical, all I come up with are things I've heard a gabillion times in like bagel bite commercials. <laughs> bagel bite commercials? That's just an example, but but that's just like a stupid <laughs> like comedic example of what I mean. And it's like songs that I've heard a billion times in like stupid places oh okay yeah because almost that's, like a, a greatest hit sort of thing you just hear these songs in who knows what in like like bad movies and stupid commercials is where i've heard so many of these songs like a billion times that it's no fun to listen to so i would need like the 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 b-sides like i need some some someone to guide me into the classical music that hasn't been used and abused you know for in like home alone and like underwear commercials. Do you know what, does that make any sense? It does. It does. I mean, you could always just pop on an Amazon or Spotify station or something. Just let it do its thing. Just you're bound to hear things that you haven't heard before. If you just listen long enough. Yeah. But I would rather have like a playlist where I don't hear the same, like, it's like yeah i know i know that song i've heard it a trillion times in like every possible scenario from like terrible computer games from 1988 as a midi to god knows how many movies and tv shows like that's my problem with classical music is this the, the popular stuff is too popular and I don't like it because I've just heard it. It's the same thing, the same problem I have with the Beatles. I never really uh, quote unquote like the Beatles because I've heard those songs like a sextillion amount of times that they're not enjoyable. It's, I, I feel that way with, you know, I, I like Elvis and I like Leonard Skinnerd. Um, but, you know, neither one of them is really making any more music. And <laughs> you, you hear the, the same stuff over and over. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama is one song that I, I really don't enjoy that song at this point uh, for all the reasons that you just described. You know, I've heard, oh God, the, you know, the intro is one of those things you hear three times a week, even when you're not looking for it. Uh, it's just, yeah, I've gotten enough of this. Yeah. I've gotten too much of it. Super saturated. 
Yes, yes, yes. Well, we've got a couple more and uh, <laughs> Ben felt a disturbance in the force. Ben, who uh, who does the editing and production, Ben is a Beatles super fan. Uh, and, and he actually had to skip out on, on, on this one. And that's why Kevin took the opportunity to rip the thing that Ben loves the most. <laughs> I mean, that's the great songs. I just heard them <laughs> so many times that it's almost obnoxious. Well, we can, we can lightning round these last few base weight ask when I'm going to smoke weed. This is a drug free podcast. Although, you know, it, it may very well change in the next week or two because, because I, I will probably have to start taking uh, cholesterol medication. My cholesterol is higher than any game that I've ever bowled. And, <laughs> and that's, that's actually bad when you've been a professional. <laughs> that is definitely the first time anyone has said that sentence. I think just no way. That's, those words haven't been uttered in that. Despite the fact that I think plenty of bowlers have extremely high cholesterol. I don't think they've Probably. ever, uh, articulated <laughs> in such a fashion. <laughs> Well, mine is higher than any game it's possible to bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, it will it will stop being a drug free podcast. Um, Conrad asks, "When is Taper Stream?" I'm actually working on uh, diligently on uh, a good room for this. I'm doing a massive transition on where I work. the The answer is it's what those video game companies say soon. Um, but no, I'm actually really excited for it, and and I'm I'm putting together a lot of things that I'm going to be interested in. I don't think anybody else will be, but that's your problem. I will do the streaming. It's it's your issue on enjoying it. Uh, last one is about kabaddi. What's with all the kabaddi talk, and and what does Kevin think about this? To give to give a rundown of what kabaddi is, it's a a sport that's primarily played in India. Uh, that's a mix of tag wrestling and squid game that's the best way i can describe it it's a team sport played on on a small court and you know you got to touch people on the other side and then run back to your side without being tackled that's the basics of it this is on hulu espn plus all that stuff there's a pro kabaddi league that i've been watching a bunch of people in the discord server are watching kabaddi in the mornings it's extremely exciting <laughs> and uh it's playoff time friday is going to be the championship match but it's fun it's fun to watch kabaddi um kevin you're not a kabaddi fan are you no no that's okay it's all right you know it's i don't have to be a fan <laughs> of everything that you are or that uh, everything that um everyone in the discord is i will say that i do find it really funny and amusing how it's caught on in the discord and it does seem that Pete, like like you guys are talking about the like the daily kabaddi matches on the discord. So it's such a good game. It's become a thing. It's one of those games. Yeah. It, it's so neat because you can watch for just a couple minutes and have a really good sense of what's going on. Mm. Like you won't know all the rules, all the nuances, but you'll get 90% of it enough to enjoy watching it. And how many sports, how many sports can you do that with? You know, it's just uh, really accessible in that way. And the guys who do the announcing, for the Vivo Pro Kabaddi League. There are two feeds, by the way. One is in Hindi. I imagine that's the main feed. Uh, but there are English commentators. And it's like the highest energy sports announcer I've ever heard. He's amazing. I want to meet this man. I will do anything <laughs> to weasel my way into involvement in the Pro Kabaddi League. It's that good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is there is there any fringe, like weird little sport that you're into, Kevin? I know 
a lot of people were talking about curling during the Olympics, which are now over, but, but it seems like everybody enjoys at least the concept of curling, even though it's a pretty, pretty strange sport. I, well, is there anything yeah, that you I like? think that people enjoy how weird it is. And, and I think that's valid. It is extremely weird. You have like a broom and that strange gigantic disc whatever it's called. I don't know. Yeah. What, is, what is the curling? They weigh thing? like 40 pounds. It's huge. I think it's a stone. I think it's called the stone. Curling stone. Uh, I might be, I might be wrong about that. I think Destin that, but I do just know did a video like on curling. Pounds. Didn't he? I'm almost positive oh, Destin, uh, Smarter Every Day, just did a curling <sighs> physics video. I have not had a chance to watch that yet. Um, right. It's fascinating though, watching them sweep in the front to influence the movement and, uh, yeah, it's the physics of it. Really, not another sport of oh, it. Really like interesting. It. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you're into that's uh, that's not like a standard sport though? No, no, not really. I, I, it, my, my sports uh, enthusiasm is just as limited to the NFL and and UFC. MMA. I really yeah. like MMA. I got to start getting getting into that like a few years ago. Mostly UFC. I have watched some of Bellator. But not not oh, that much. Are you specifically into UFC as a promotion and not broadly like MMA as a sport then? Oh yeah, because there's a billion promotions. There are so many of them that it's just kind of like too much. Uh UFC is typically once a week, you know, Saturdays. Sometimes they do other shows like Dana White's Contender Series or or uh, you know, The Ultimate Fighter. But um for the most part it's just Saturdays, so it's like it's a thing that I watch every Saturday. And I really like it. And the other, the other thing is the other promotions, the fighters aren't nearly as good. There are really good fighters in Bellator for sure. For sure. Definitely. Um, but UFC is still, it's the, it's the main thing. It's the highest level competition. It's the best fighters. So yeah, you end up seeing kind of like the best, the best fights. So, um, I don't know anybody else that really watches UFC. So I don't have anybody to talk to about it. I think Sumit does. But um, yeah, I, I guess it some, is kind of niche in the fact that I don't know it. anybody else that watches it. Yeah. So yeah, I can't name anybody where it's like, oh, yeah, they're really into it. I know people who watch very casually, um, but but nobody who who watches to the degree you do. You watch them all, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I watch it. I watch every event. And um, there's only a couple I've I missed over the years. A, yeah. I realized at a point that on Saturdays, like you were absent. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you weren't there. There was no like response to a Twitter DM. There's no Slack message. Like there's just this window where it's just UFC window. Well, and the events are freaking long. They're like, you know, six hours long. So it is, it's pretty much the whole night. They do a lot. They typically do, you know, yeah. a lot of fights. It's, it lasts a long time. And I guess it is pretty niche because now that I think of it, like I said, even though it's mainstream in one sense, it still does seem niche in the sense that I don't know. Like I could, I could talk to a lot of a lot of people about football. Uh, there's not a lot of people that I know who watch UFC. So if anybody watches UFC that listens to this podcast, let me know. But I don't think anybody in the Discord watches UFC. I can't recall anybody bringing it up. How about this? The Discord is more strongly in favor of Kabaddi than UFC. Kabaddi wins again. That's right. I can't argue that. Yeah, much more strongly. <laughs> <laughs> it does win again. Well, uh, all right. That's that's that's. Uh, I think that's pretty much all we, we need to hit. That was all of our questions, and um, I'm interested to hear the responses to this to this episode because it was a little different than normal. Talked a little bit more like personal history stuff, 
So, and I'm also uh, hopeful that uh, more people will join the Discord to talk about these things as well. You know, if you don't understand what's happening in the Discord, is it's filled with people who are doing all sorts of different creative things, supporting different creative endeavors, different jobs, things that they're interested in. And it's not just YouTube. It's not just making music. It's not just art. It could be everything. It could be building Lego. It could be escape rooms. It could be whatever. It's, it's really very, uh, um, wide array of people with different passions and interests. It, It could just be a hot sauce collection. <laughs> like we, we have, you a, know, a it's lot funny of you say hot sauce. <laughs> it's funny you say hot sauce because I wanted to shout out one more thing. Like we, we really have a lot of people. Like it seems like somebody is doing something awesome every couple days or something good is happening to somebody. And uh, you bring up hot sauce. A resident hot sauce expert is Jeff, who was baby gang member. Number one, he's been around for, uh, since well our before first the born. Known days. <laughs> our first born. Our first born. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that is, that is horrifying. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he, uh, he works in, I guess you would call it, uh, security, uh, information security, uh, computer type security. Anyway, he grinds away. He does his job. Uh, does it well, does really well with that job. Does it really well. And, you know, uh, just got a promotion and raise and like, that's, that's, that's just good. It's, it's awesome hearing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the discord is full of, of people talking about the great things that are happening to them and for them. And sometimes complaining about the shit things. Well, that's the cross section that is, uh, create unknown life. So live it with us. Yeah. So meanwhile, you can talk to him about like computer stuff, but then also hot sauce and, and guitars and collecting guitars, you know? Oh yeah, it, yeah. Like his guitar collection is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we have such a strong base of really interesting people doing a lot of really interesting things. So, um, and, and like you said, Matt earlier, it, it's always helpful to bounce ideas off of other people. And that's really what the discord is for. So if you're looking for a place to do that, regardless of what you're interested out. in, um, or if you just want to join this Kabaddi cult, um, you can do that. Join the Kabaddi cult. You can do that too. So, <laughs> did you see, by the way, that I, the 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 conversation with the T-Mobile representative last night? Did you see that? Um, no. What was that? So it was like twelve thirty, and I couldn't sleep, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to see about upgrading my phone. And T-Mobile has this feature where they will text you, uh, like it's an actual text, like on your iPhone. It's not through the app or anything. It works the same as a text message. So I'm asking the guy about upgrading my iPhone and all of this. And then I realized like, Hey, if this is a text, I bet I, I can send pictures. So I send this, this picture of a cat with this really like a kitten with a really fat stomach. And there's an arrow pointing to it. that says full of soup. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> well, I, I kind of to see if I could and to see if they would notice it. Um, and, it, <laughs> so, and did they, did he react? So, not to the soup thing, but eventually I brought up Kabaddi because he had a name that suggested that he might know, might be familiar with a game of Kabaddi. And <laughs> we started talking about, yeah, about Kabaddi in the playoffs. Uh, and yeah, apparently the next season starts in the middle of June. And he was looking up, uh, he was looking up uh, websites that 
that had more information than, than the ones that I knew about, filling me in on uh, the progress of Kabaddi and when I could expect the next season of Vivo Pro Kabaddi. So that was amazing. And I, I ended up not getting a new iPhone, but, but I made a Kabaddi friend. You are so weird. That is the <laughs> weirdest story that you just told with a total straight face as if that was a normal thing to do. Any of it. Any of it. I just... <laughs> None of that makes any just, sense uh, at all. I, I, I just linked it in the episode chat because, yeah, like he asked my name so he could look up an account. It says, thank you. Pulling up your account now just to confirm you wish to trade in your iPhone 8 Plus, correct? Well, that's when I sent the, the kitten fat stomach that says full of soup and it just went from there. <laughs> yeah, naturally, as one does, as one does, you just naturally go from fat kitten stomach full of soup to a scouring some sort of what I'm assuming Indian internet for Kabaddi uh, websites and information makes yeah. while you're trying yeah, to get awesome. a new phone upgrade. All of that checks out. Um, if you're not following Tabor on Twitter, you might want to rectify that so that you can have this insanity in your life. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. It's like, oh, good. it's like the funniest thing real quick before we go. The funniest thing was, uh, something popped on my Twitter where there's this uh, account Wario 64 who mainly, uh, <laughs> promotes video game deals and I follow him for, for sales <laughs> And every now and then he'll post a sale that is just of some very strange item. And he posted a barrel of barbecue sauce. I mean, a literal barrel. It was a 55-gallon drum. Yeah. It was 55-gallon drum. A oh. huge drum of barbecue sauce. And it was cheap. It was like 100 it bucks. It was like $115. It was, yeah, <laughs> It was, it was something around 120 because I remember pricing it out and being like, oh, this is, you know. Oh, that's just 12 uh, cents per, per ounce cheaper. of barbecue sauce. This is a good deal. No, it must you be less than that. figure out the price per a, unit on a, everything. A twelfth of, of, of a penny per, per ounce. But as soon as I saw that, I just tagged you and I knew you. And you were mad because you missed the sale. <laughs> it was sold out. It was sold out. Yeah, I at least... I at least wanted to see things like how long it would take to ship, if there were any additional shipping charges. <laughs> like I, I, I like the logistics of beer food. Um, <laughs> I like the logistics of big food. How how long would a barrel of barbecue sauce even keep for? Oh yeah, I mean you'd have to. Even if you had a restaurant, you, you it would take you a little while to use that. But I was thinking more like how do you get it out? Like what kind of dispensing spout does a barrel of sauce have that i don't know the answer to that question oh that spout would get so gunky i was thinking you would just crack the top and ladle it and like jar it maybe you'd have to you could drill a hole down at the bottom and then just like put a thumb on it when it starts a to, bung hole a bung hole <laughs> the barbecue, <laughs> the bung. barbecue bung yeah. hole <laughs> <laughs> it's a good screen name in case anybody's creating an account for something barbecue bung hole.com <laughs> okay, look, we have to stop a barbecue bunghole. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be back next Tuesday to talk about uh, the epic saga of the Discord hacking. And then the following oh. week, we will have uh, James Rolfe, the, uh, the old uh, angry video game nerd we've been wanting to have for a long, long time. Finally Years. will show up. And it, it will not be, for those who, of us who join us live, it will not be at six. Um, it will be in the afternoon, but we'll, we'll let you know exactly what time that is. 
ahead of time. It'll time adjust a little bit. It'll be, it'll be good for the euros though. Cause, uh, that's right. Yeah. They have it hard. We keep them up till like two, three in the morning. So yeah. this will be Euro friendly. Okay. All right, everyone. Uh, somebody go register barbecue bunghole. We will see you next week. We're out of here. <laughs> see you space cowboys. Thanks for listening to the create unknown. We make this show with the support of our patrons. 100% goes directly to keeping episodes going every week. And we've been shocked by all the new support this year. The world's ending and I'm late for work. Gib Tom, Sid Pope, Demetrius, atrocious guff. You guys really do make this show happen. Thank you to the Tots and Dumpster crew, old and new, who save tiny little lives every month. And thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Jen Mefasanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Ryan, Kamikaze, Maria, Marco Sheep, Tom Videogre, Jelksies, and Dan the Latch. And a tremendous shout-out to our elite baby gang commanders. Linus and Trevstead, Boromir, Botdogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Andrew, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, Monahim, Dojangles, and Zero. You really are the elite. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer-editor Ben Webster, Discord Savior Ladderman, and producer emeritus Dan Yoshua. And thanks to Baseweight for the use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme, and to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71.